You are now listening to the State of the Union. An American sports podcast covering whatever sport is currently in season. From the MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, and college sports. Presented by WTP Sports. Here are your hosts Austin Slough and Jordan Moore. What's going on my fellow American sports fans? This is your Vice President speaking, Austin Slough, and I'd like to welcome you to the State of the Union. So today is July 29th and this is episode number two. Uh, as I said, my name is Austin Slough. You can follow me on Twitter at aslough 10 uh, and I'm joined by our president, Mr. Jordan Moore. What's up, Joe? What's happening? I don't really understand why you're laughing so much, Austin. Nothing's really funny. This is a serious American sports podcast. It only um, took us five times to get here. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've done like eight takes. I don't know why you can't just talk into a microphone. But, um, I mean, I might fire you soon, so you better get your shit together. My bad. Uh yeah, so I'm Jordan Moore, a.k.a. the president of the sports world, and that's simply a fact. Austin isn't as cocky as me, so he's the vice president. Either way, we are the dynamic duo, so vote for us. Yeah. Um, so for our new listeners, we want to make it clear what we're about. So the State of the Union is going to be a seasonal sports podcast, and it covers whatever sport is currently in season. Uh, we, we cover everything from the MLB to the NFL, NBA, NHL, college sports. If the sports in season, we're covering it. Um, so with that being said, today's podcast is not going to cover basketball at all because there's nothing going on in the basketball world. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the MLB trade deadline coming up, teams that are hot, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about the NFL training camp just started this week. Um, who are some players to look out for? But that's basically what's going to be covered on the pod today. We'll also have some quick, fun segments. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on our rankings. I think I came up with this idea for one of our uh, segments today, and I think it's pretty cool. I think I don't know about your opinion on it, Joe, but I think it's pretty cool. If he came up with it, it's probably not that cool. All right, whatever, dude. So last week we ranked the most boring weeks in sports and predicted some possible trades coming in the MLB. Uh, I don't think either of us was right on any of the trades so far, but I don't think anybody saw any of the trades coming. No, uh, no, no one cares. We just, just know that we tried our best and we're trying to be MLB analysts. So, like, yeah. it's, it's the effort. Yeah, so... This week is going to be a very fun podcast. Can't wait to get started. But Joe has something to say first. Yeah, since we're such a huge podcast, we have advertisements. Um, we want to let you know about the app Trip. Uh, at Trip, drivers can make 100% of the profits they earn while driving, and riders get the cheapest and safest rides. Uh, so it's a it's a win-win for everyone. You can find the QR code on our Instagram and Twitter at WTP Sports. Uh, use referral code Boss Don. That's B O S S D O N. Uh, 
in to get a lower sign-up cost for drivers and money off your rides during launch month. Um, I know I definitely use it instead of Uber or Lyft. It's just better for everyone. Um, so that's referral code B-O-S-S-D-O-N to get a tr- cheaper ride with the app Trip. So moving on, let's talk first about Major League Baseball because it's the best league out there, and that's simply a fact. But Austin, I don't know if you saw it, but what in the hell is Trevor Bauer doing? Okay, I saw the video. I actually got a, a notification on my phone saying that Trevor Bauer threw the ball over the center field fence, and I was like, what the hell? Um, so I went and like got on Twitter, and I searched his name, and all these videos came popping up. And to like, there's two sides to it, in my opinion. Like, number one, like it shows heart and like your passion. Like you don't want to see yourself fail and stuff like that. And he was he was kind of giving up some hits that were a little blue pits. And it was just one of those days where nothing was going your way as a pitcher. So it definitely shows like his passion for the game. But at the same point, I think the more important point, like you're a professional and doing that is very childish. Um, so for those of you who haven't seen the video, I think you should check it out. He literally was getting pulled from the game and just turned around on the mound and launched the ball over the center field wall. And it caught a lot of people off guard. Terry Francona came out and was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he told him to go down to the locker room. We'll talk to him later. So I don't know. I just think being a professional, you got to conduct yourself in a better manner. I know it's probably one of his worst outings this year. Nothing was going his way. There's a lot of frustration. Um, but there's no reason to be throwing a ball. Because, like, God forbid you're playing at a stadium where there's people sitting anywhere near that. Like, you have no idea who you could have hurt. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's just the, the thing that I saw. If you haven't seen the video, you got to go watch it. Um, I think I put it on my Twitter account. But um, there's a there's a, there's a, on a different topic, there's another – a uh, guy on Twitter that does these like breakdowns of ejections and like oh, John Boy playouts. Yeah, he's yeah, a he's a big dude. yeah he's a big Yankee fan, but um, I'm gonna put that his his fandom aside and like shout him out. But it's you have to look him up. He's so hilarious. Um, in the video, like Bauer just just is completely annoyed, I guess, and then he just throws the ball over the center field fence from the pitcher's mound, which like. Props to him, like that's a really, really far way for you to throw it. But the funniest thing to me is that the center fielder was looking like at the scoreboard <laughs> in center field and like I guess he just sees a ball go over his head and he just turns around and looks and I don't know, it was, it was so funny. And then like the guy on second base for the Royals flinched so hard when he went to go throw the ball. I didn't know if he was like thinking he was gonna throw it at him or what. But um the best thing to me was that, like, Terry Francona walked out, and you can see him mouth, like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> and I just completely lost it. And then, like, Bauer immediately tries to apologize, but I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Bauer's traded within, like, the next 24 hours. Well, like, like, he's had such a great year and has done everything the right way, and then just this, this happens, like... I don't know. I don't feel like it's enough to just say, like, you're done, like, you're traded immediately. But it's definitely one of those things that you'll never forget if you're a GM or a coach. Like, I don't know. The whole situation is freaking weird, man. 
But yeah, no, well, I mean, going going back to the second baseman for the Indians when he flinched, dude, I lost it. <laughs> he thought he was. Throwing I know. It and, uh, it's just like, can you imagine? Like, I can't even. I really can't imagine, like, even being in that situation where like a teammate does that. Like, I don't even. My coach, if I was a coach, like in high school, college, or anything, like I feel like you have to cut him on the spot. Oh, I mean, like it's pretty. It's pretty impressive for you to like throw the ball over the center field fence, though. So I mean, I guess that that's one reason to not gut him. I mean, you had to have some kind of arm strength to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, like you know, Bowers on the trading block, so maybe he was pissed that that was maybe his last start in an Indians uniform. The Indians still don't really know if he, they're going to trade him or not, and a lot of insiders don't really know if he's going to be traded. But um, yeah, if you're a GM, like you know what you're getting with Bauer. I mean, he's kind of a hothead. He's kind of like out there all the time. I know he's like really big on like calling fans out on social media and stuff like that. So, um, definitely not a guy that'll take any shit or anything like that. He's very, you know, confident. I don't really think he's that cocky, but you know, I think he, he cares a lot and you know, he's the kind of guy that shows a lot of emotion, whether good or bad on the field. So yeah, he's just a passionate yeah, that's what guy that's getting. not afraid to like, he's, he's a passionate guy who's not afraid to voice his opinion to anybody and I think as a GM or an owner or a coach like you got to understand that and know what you're getting yourself into with a guy like him yeah um but yeah as that I, I don't I can easily say I've never ever seen that happen in a game but it was pretty funny um I know Terry Francona the manager for the Indians was not happy about that but well I mean like I as a manager we'll as see. a manager if you see a if you see a pitcher do that like what do you what do you say when you walk out to the mound? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's what he's saying. I know. Like, <laughs> he was like he was like playing the dad role. He was like, get your ass in the dugout right now. I know. I when I was watching that, I felt like I was watching a dad and a son. Yeah. The son the son messes up big time. The dad comes out and he's like, go to your bedroom. And then the son's <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's literally it's something like, like you would see in like literally in the Little League World Series where like twelve year olds. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean, I know Terry Francona wasn't happy about it. I know a lot of Indians players and fans weren't happy. So, I don't know if that's it's that if that's the way he goes out in Cleveland. That's a pretty dramatic way. Um, but but yeah. we'll see. So, but, yeah. Moving, Speaking of moving on from him, what do we have? Let's, let's talk baseball. about a little, yeah, let's talk about a little playoff baseball and how things are shaping up. We only have two months left in the season, so... And two months is going to feel like two weeks. Yeah, it's going to go fast. We'll be at October before we know it. Um, so let's see. Who who are some teams that you would say, like, with the playoff picture shaping with kind of like two months left, who are some teams that you think are locks like, to be in the post um, right now? Well, I think you can easily look at all the division leaders right now and say that they're locked. I mean, starting off in the American League, you have the Yankees. Um, I think they're locked to make the playoffs. Um, the Twins, I feel like the Twins are locked to make the playoffs, and I think the Indians are locked to make the playoffs. I just don't know who's going to win that division. And then, obviously, I think the Astros are going to win the division. I think in the American League, you're only going to have, uh, you know, one wild card spot that's like really up for grabs. I think the Twins or the Indians are going to get the first wild card spot. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, just in the American League, like I think things are kind of like structured already. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was big, like that the Red Sox took three, almost four from the Yankees this weekend. Um, that was definitely big for them. But I just don't see the Red Sox. You know, even me being a Red Sox fan, I don't see them making up eight games in this time period. I mean, they certainly could because they have you know eight games left with the Yankees. But um, you know, I I don't know if they really make up that much ground and win the division. So I think between the last playoff spot and the wild card, I think it's going to be between those three teams, the Athletics, the Rays, and the Red Sox, to see who gets the last spot. Um, But, yeah, I mean, what do you think in regards to the American League? I think you kind of touched on it right on. Like, the Yankees, I think, are a lock. The Twins are a lock. The Astros are a lock. And then it's just basically going to be, like, which team catches fire at the end of the season to kind of get that last – the last two spots. Um, I don't know. I Being a Braves fan, I kind of focus a lot on the National League, which I think is good for us. Like, you're on the American League side. I'm National League. So, like, for the National League part of it, I think I think this one's a little more different. They're, yeah, it's, like a, it's the, a lot more, the Dodgers, more open. The Dodgers, I think, are the only, like, 110% lock. Um, the Braves, being a Braves fan, man, like, I love the position they're in, but then again, like, the Nats are on fire right now. The Phillies are only six and a half out. So it's just one of those things where the NL East is not done by any means yet, and it probably won't be done until the last two, three weeks of the season. And then the NL Central, like, that's that whole division is a shit show. I mean, the the Pirates are in last place, and they're ten games out. I mean, if the Red Sox were in this division, they'd be in first place by what? Yeah, by uh, they'd be three, in first by three, three and a half games. Three yeah. and a half. Yeah, so it's like there's there's anybody can go in and win the NL Central right now. And to be honest, I have no idea who it's going to be because none of them are really standing out. They'll win yeah. one, they'll lose one. So I don't know. I I think the National League, the only locks that I would say are going to be the Dodgers. I think the Braves and the Nationals will be a postseason lock, but after that, I I have no idea. I think the Cubs will find a way to pull it out, but we'll have to see. That's gonna that's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, like you said, it's pre- it's pretty good because I kind of focus on the American League and you focus on the National League. So, um, but yeah, for my opinion, the National League, I think that the Dodgers definitely a lock. I think the Braves are a lock. Um, and then after that, I think it's kind of wide open because, yeah, the Nationals are playing hot, but, you know, you get another team. Like, what if the Phillies get hot? What if the Nationals struggle a little bit? So, um, and then, like you said, the the NL Central is, is probably the worst. It, it is the worst division in baseball right now. Yeah, I would um, say that. The top, I mean, the top team is the the Cubs and the Cardinals, they only have 56 wins, which, you know, won't even give you a, a playoff spot in the American League wild card right now. So yeah. um, you'd actually be four and a half pack of just the wild card in the American League. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got teams. So in the NL wild card, you got the Cubs, Cardinals, and Nationals all tied. And then you got the Phillies, Brewers one game back. And then how about the San Francisco Giants who have gotten completely hot at the right time. They're only two and a half back of the wild card. Um, and then you even have the, the Diamondbacks at three and a half. And then the Mets are only at six, which Mets just made a big move for Stroman. So who knows? What if they get hot? Well, that's what I was going to say. So, like, 
we have the trade deadline coming up now, and the 31st, that's it. Like, guys are locked in place. With Stroman going to the Mets, like, that just completely bolsters their pitching unless they decide to get rid of Syndergaard or uh, Wheeler. But, like, if let's just assume they don't. Like, that's probably one of the best pitching staffs, starting rotations in the league, if not the best. So that could completely alter the way that they finish the second half out. Who knows? They could go surging and, and pull a wild card spot. It's just... Right. There's just so much time left. The deadline's not up yet, and I don't know. Yeah, we, I just, saw, we saw it's a little different this year because we should probably talk about how um, in past years, like the trade deadline was kind of like a loose kind of like deadline. There could yeah. also be teams like <clears throat> um, we saw it with the Astros in 2017 when they won the World Series. Uh, they got Verlander in like the middle of August because the Tigers put him on waivers or something like that. Um, from my like you know research or or rumors that I'm hearing, you can't do that this year. So yeah. the 31st deadline is like a, a strict deadline. Yeah, it's a firm deadline. Like I'm 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 pretty sure there's still like a way around it, but it's you'd have to be giving up a lot. Right. Um, like I I, for, I don't know we're the whole. We're not gonna see we're not gonna see big names like Verlander. Be oh no no no, no. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty set in stone. So if if guys. Like, if some of these big-name prospects or big-name guys are rumored to be going somewhere, if they're going anywhere, it's going to be done by the 31st, which right. is going to make the second half of the season that much better. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I mean, I think that's kind of how it always kind of should have been, just because you have, you know, teams need to decide right now if they're buyers or sellers. Which, yep. I mean, that's, that's changed in just the last week. I mean, you look at teams like the Giants, like, they were – you know, for sure, sellers and Bumgarner was gone. Their whole bullpen was probably going to be gone, and now they've gotten really, really hot. Um, I think they're seven and three in their last ten, and mm-hmm. they're only two and a half from the wild card. So, um, and you got teams like I mean, I know from the American League standpoint, like even the Angels. The Angels probably were going to sell, but they're only five back of the wild card. That's probably a stretch, especially in the American League, but. I mean, they're kind of hot. Um, and then the Red Sox are on the verge of possibly being sellers coming this weekend, and they took three out of four from the Yankees. So it's just like, you know, it's going to provide a whole different aspect to these general managers and teams because they're going to have to decide now if they're sellers. Yeah. So. And so staying on staying on the trade talk, um, what what's your opinion on Marcus Stroman going to the Mets? Like, in my opinion, I, I was completely taken – off guard by that like I was not expecting that I I saw something the other day that the Mets and the Padres were gonna work out a three-way trade with the Blue Jays for like Stroman and some some crazy people and maybe Syndergaard and I just like didn't even I didn't even like put that in the front of my like I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like yeah that's just rumors going around and then I saw Stroman get dealt to the Mets, and I just like I completely just do not understand that move because you know I I feel bad for Stroman because he wants to go to a contender. Guy's a stud. Guys, guy could be an ace for you know over half of the teams in the MLB, and he goes to the Mets, who are um, what six games back of the NL wild card. And at fifty and fifty five, like 
they're really going to have to get hot if they're going to make a run. And I don't know if Stroman and a starting pitcher is what the Mets need. I mean, it kind of seems like the Mets want to be buyers sometimes and they want to be sellers at other points. Like now there's rumors that they're going to trade Syndergaard and Edwin Diaz, which like, why would you get Stroman in the first place if you're going to trade those guys? So it's kind of like they're rebuilding without like wanting to rebuild, which kind of makes no sense. Yeah, for so for Stroman going to the Mets, like I said, it was just like caught me off guard because, like you were saying, that the Mets have such a good pitch starting rotation with Degrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, and now Stroman that it, it's almost like they could compete. It's just I don't think they're going after the right pieces. I think their offense is what they need to be upgrading, not their pitching. And then now they're going to get rid of, or potentially get rid of. Diaz and Wheeler or Syndergaard. So it's like, yeah. why are you upgrading your starting rotation to get rid of another guy? And what the problem is, is like, it's not even really, it wasn't even really their starters. Like, yeah, Sturman can help. He can help any team. But they need, their bullpen's god-awful. I think oh, yeah. they've blown the most saves in the in the MLB um, just in front of the Red Sox. The Red Sox are a whole different story. They need bullpen help, too. But it's like, why aren't you trying to upgrade your bullpen? Yeah. I mean, maybe they are now that they're, you know, I guess they're buyers because why would you get Sherman and not be a buyer? Yeah, but, um, I think the thing with Sherman, too, is he – I think he's going to fit in really well in the Mets rotation because they have DeGrom. They have, you know, all those guys. Regardless, if they get rid of – let's say they get rid of Syndergaard, they still have Wheeler, or if they get rid of Wheeler, they still have Syndergaard. So – the point being is Stroman's probably going to be your two or three guy. I think that's perfect for him because he's always been one to fly under the radar. Um, and still be, being in a Mets pitching staff that is so bolstered at the starting rotation, being able to kind of fly under the radar is only going to make that team better and it's going to make him better. Whereas mm-hmm. if he were, if he went to, I don't know, any, anywhere, that he would have been that guy, the ace. I, th- I just think there's so much pressure on him. Uh, whereas being in the Mets organization, there's not going to be any pressure on you. You're you're not com- you're not contending right now in the NL East, uh, being 11 and a half games back. So it's like, I think it's a perfect situation for him to go in and just be himself, pitch the way he's pitched, and the results will show. Just fly under the radar like he's done, but. From a manager standpoint, I'm not sure what the Mets were were trying to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what they're trying to do? I don't really understand their whole philosophy. I know a lot of Mets fans don't really even understand their philosophy. Um, but you know, maybe maybe it works out. Maybe it provides a spark, and the Mets get hot, kind of like the Giants. And you know, we might be talking about them on the next podcast, but. Um, but moving on to other to other teams, what team? You know, we talked about this a little bit last week, but what team do you think needs to make a move the most to in order to just compete or possibly make even a, a deep postseason run? This this is tough because there's a lot of teams that, especially a lot of teams in the NL Central, that could be making a move to compete. I personally think that. The Brewers are one team from the National League that can make a move. Um, if they could get a starting pitcher, like, I mean, they're only a game out in uh, the Central. So I think if they bolster their starting pitching, that's going to be a move for them to 
kind of take that division. I mean, because it's, it's a weak division right now, honestly. Um, but I don't know. From The Nationals could very easily make a move. Um, I'm hearing the Phillies are trying to make more moves. I think they've made so many moves lately, it's kind of absurd. And none of it's really panning out the way they want. So, I don't know. From a National League perspective, I think the Brewers are a team that should be making a move. Possibly the Cubs, but I don't know, man. If the Dodgers went and got another bullpen piece, I think they're they're kind of setting in stone their chance to win a World Series. Um, I don't know. What, what's your take on the American League? Who are some teams that need to make a move? Uh, so I feel like the American League, obviously, like is is very different. Like we've been saying, um, there the Amer- the difference between the American League and National League is that the American League is kind of, with the exception of the three teams, the Red Sox, Rays, and Athletics, they, you kind of already know like the, who's going to make the playoffs. So I think it's kind of like, you know, what move can make you a deep postseason uh, run? I don't think the Astros are going to make any big moves, really. Um, I think they're content with their team right now. I think the Twins, you know, they've already kind of made a, a couple moves, getting some bullpen help and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think that they really make any more moves. I think the Indians, if they want to win that division and, you know, have a for sure lock on the playoffs, I think that they need to kind of like, um, get some kind of help, whether it's like, you know, offensive help or, um, so I, I really don't think that the, the Indians are that good of an offensive team. Um, their run scored are 489, which is, you know, really low for the American League. Um, their runs allowed is 426. So, you know, I mean, they're okay from a pitching standpoint. They need some offensive help. I, I know I went to an Indians Orioles game, um, at the, at, I think like a little bit after the start of June. So, um, kind of still early in the season and the Indians were god awful. I don't, I think they got, you know, beat 16 to nothing against the Orioles and they were looking really bad. Then they've gotten really hot over the last couple of, uh, couple of games a couple of weeks so um i think they're definitely a team that can win that division and then i think a team that i mean i know i am kind of biased and i talk about them a lot but the red sox definitely have to make a move um the rays can't really make a move because they don't really have that much you know money and you know guys to trade so i don't think they really um make that big of a move but the red sox have to do something and especially if they want to you know for sure be a lock in the playoffs their offense is so good um you know, they're leading the majors in a lot of offensive categories, but, you know, they're only 59 and 48, but... Yeah, I, I mean, know. like, my biased opinion, or my unbiased opinion, too, the Braves being my favorite team, I watch them all the time. I, I think they're another team in the National League that could be making a move. Like, they've got one of the best offenses in the game, probably the best offense in the National League, aside next to the Dodgers. So, I don't think the offense is a problem. I think it's the bullpen. And just like most teams, the bullpen's the issue. But I think if the Braves can upgrade their bullpen with a guy, maybe two, like, you know, the starting pitching's been been enough to succeed through the season and get them into the postseason. I just think they need that lockdown guy in the bullpen to kind of secure secure the division, secure the first-round postseason, second round, hopefully something to get past the Dodgers because we can't get past the Dodgers. Right, and I think the Dodgers and the Yankees are in the same boat because they're probably both the teams to beat um, in the American League. I mean, the Astros are, are getting really hot at the right time, too, so obviously the Astros are. 
Um, but the Yankees, both the Yankees and the Dodgers kind of need, you know, something to help spark, help get them past that hump, um, that they've kind of both been in, in the last two years, um, and kind of just like, you know, go deep into the playoffs. And I mean, the Dodgers have, but it's like, can they get over that hump and actually win a World Series? Um, so they definitely need, it's, it's not even like, it's not even, you know, a certain player. It's just a player that can provide a spark because, um, you know, and, and we talk it, we talk a lot about the bullpens and stuff of each team, which is always, you know, the case every single trade deadline and at the end of the season for every team. But these, um, you know, it's, it's not even about getting players really for the bullpen. The bullpen just needs to be hot at the right time. And that's just goes, uh, like to a steep team standpoint too. The team just needs to be hot at the right time. But, you know, you look at the Red Sox last year, their bullpen wasn't really good at all. Um, you know, in in the first half of the season and then they kind of just like figured it out like i know i see a lot of the boston media and stuff and they last year they were bashing the bullpen kind of like they are right now and then the bullpen just figured it out and was was dominant at the end of the year and um in the postseason so like a, a team like you know the yankees who are kind of struggling in their bullpen a team like the twins who are kind of struggling even the braves and the National League that are struggling in the bullpen and stuff like that um they just need to get hot at the right time yeah, I think I think getting hot at the right time is a big point of it, and I think getting getting that one guy, whoever it is. So like some of the bullpen names that are on the that are out there right now, like Felipe Vasquez of the Pirates or Ken Giles of the Jays. Uh, there's there's a bunch of them, but just name two of them. Like getting a guy like that who can come in like with a good reputation. Like I don't know. I feel like as a former pitcher, it just kind of bolsters your confidence like you've got another really good guy coming in here let's learn from him let's use his success and let's all just kind of like rally around and it it'll it'll show down the down in the long stretch right and it gives confidence to the manager too yeah so um yeah i mean we can talk about trades all day long but um a lot one last thing about uh actually two quick last things about the mlb uh i had a question what the hell does it mean when like these insiders have sources? Please, when when I, I don't, insider has sources, or like all these people on Twitter, I see all these people on Twitter, MLB Network, that kind of stuff. Like they're like sources say blah 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 blah. Like well, what like, what does that mean? Well, I'm pretty sure it's like if they're saying if they're saying just sources say, then I think those are like the the like writers and stuff like that who are within an organization so like for example um let's just so like the no no you're not within the organization yeah but like i like to tell myself that i am okay well that's completely different than what i'm saying so well, like, what if i just say like what if i just like, like throw something out on twitter and i'm like oh the Syndergaard's going to the red Sox. my sources say will people believe me like how do you probably probably right? not because you don't have a check mark next to your Twitter name not yet so like but but like in all seriousness I think what it is is it's somebody with like a beat writer or somebody who has in, inside access to those meetings to the clubhouse to um to the discussions with the high executives and stuff like that and they take the information that they're allowed to take so like sources or like I so if I'm if I'm the intel guy if I'm sitting in on an executive meeting and they're talking about Stroman's we're, we're trading Stroman to um, the Mets and we're gonna get this guy and this guy in return 
So what I can do is I can then take that information out and say, um, like distribute it to Ken Rosenthal and all these big name reputable sources and say, uh, Strowman to the Mets for da da da. And then those sources then release it. Interesting. So like if, why would I give my sources to the big name guys if I want to be made something though? Well, that's the thing. If, if you're in, if you're inside all those meetings and stuff, I don't know. Some, I guess they have it in your contract that you're supposed to release that. I don't know. If, if it's not in the contract, then technically you wouldn't have to release it and you can literally just sit there and know that information and nobody else knows it. And then once the trade deadline comes around, like, it gets announced some way or the other. I feel like Adrian Wojnarowski does this a lot in the NBA. I feel like he's like the only trusted source. But like, who does he yeah. get his sources from? There, there's no there's, way he can get it from every M- NBA team. I don't know. I don't know if there's like, I don't know, I, dude. I don't know. All right. Well, this is gonna be my mission for the next year, Austin. I'm gonna become a source, and I'm just gonna, you know get my sources and I'm going to get the the check mark on Twitter and I'm going to become a source and I and you can um give me information and then well, I'll post it so Well, where are you getting information from? That's the, that's the thing. If you're the source, don't, where are you getting Don't Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. That's for me to like you don't know that. That just like we don't we're talking about them right now. You don't need to know where my sources come from. You just need to know that I'm right. So you're just going to pull shit out of your ass and say the Red Sox just got Edwin Diaz and hope that it happens? I did not say that I was going to do that, but if I were to do that, maybe, yeah. Uh, all right, I got to just say, you're probably the worst president I've ever had. All right, you know, <clears throat> that's your first, that, you know, that's like your third strike, your second strike, your third strike, you're gone, all right? Um, last, last in the MLB. Who's the worst team in baseball? Just because this is a fun topic to talk about, and we don't usually talk about really sucky teams. The worst team in baseball? Well, I mean, like it's weird not saying the Marlins anymore because they're they're definitely not the worst team, but they still suck. But I don't know. I would probably I'm probably gonna have to say the Orioles. They're absolutely awful, but they're they're going in the right direction. Just right now, they're terrible. Yeah, the, honestly, I don't really know. I don't think I would put the Orioles in the top in the bottom five. I mean, I know their I know their record is like the second worst in the MLB right now. I mean, the Tigers I think are the worst team. Like they're god awful. I watch them play; they're terrible. Um, but honestly, like if you watch the Orioles play in person and you watch some of their games, like they have really good players and they have good pieces and stuff. I just like they're just so young and inexperienced. But I think the um, a team for me, I think the tires are really, really bad. I think the uh, Royals are really bad, um, and I think that the Blue Jays are really bad too. I just think the Blue Jays kind of like get put on the back burner just because they're like in Canada and that you know they have Vlad Guerrero Jr., which like you know people kind of think that you know the Blue Jays are good because of him but they're 40 and 67 like that's really bad and then the marlins i think the blue jays are the same as the orioles like just very young like kind of working their way back into it uh the marlins are 40 and 63 too so they're they're pretty bad they're still pretty bad can i take a hot take right here yeah the phillies 
Yeah, but I don't think that you could you couldn't say that they're one of the worst teams though. The Phillies suck. That's also your bias coming out. A little bit. Well, also, I mean, they have they have really underperformed a lot. They have. There's been so much hype around that team saying they're a dream team and they're winning the World Series. Like, come on now. I, there's yeah, fans I mean, like, still there's fans still saying that. Like, get out of here. I mean, I'm gonna take the 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 other route. Like, I I wanted to like the Phillies a lot just because I kind of like I like Bryce Harper a lot, and I don't know the Phillies are a Philly team that I can actually stand. I can't stand any of the other Philly teams, but um, I mean, I was kind of rooting for the Phillies a little bit, but they've underperformed so so much. I mean, they're 24 and 27 on the road, so they just can't win on the road. Um, they actually have a really good home record, thirty-one and twenty-three. But um, yeah, it's kind of weird because the—I mean, Bryce Harper left the Phillies, and I mean, left the Nationals, and the Nationals are doing better without him. So <laughs> um, yeah, I love Harper, but I hate the Phillies. So yeah. All right, let's move on to our first segment. Oh wait, wait, uh, wait, wait! Can I say one more thing about the MLB? Jesus Christ! So come on, Austin, you. So, Stroman's going to the Mets. I'm going up to Pittsburgh this week, and I get to see the Pirates play the Mets, so I get to see the Stroh show, the Stroh show in person. I'm kind of excited. Wow, that is... That since, is since I bet you didn't even know that was even a possibility, did you? Well, you bailed on me last time we went to see him, so... Uh, yeah, I, f- I forgot about that. <laughs> we were supposed to go to Baltimore to see him, but... To be a fair, it was raining that night, and it would have been a really shitty game to go to. All right, dude. Well, that didn't stop you the the night before going out and drinking, so. Well, what are you, my freaking mom? Jesus. No, I'm your vice president. I'm trying to keep you in line. Sorry I drink alcohol. Shit. All right, whatever. Moving on. So, segment number one, we did this last week, and this was where we ranked the most boring weeks in sports, or most boring weeks in general. Um, this week, we're going to count down the top five video games ever. So, Joe, let's hear it. Five to one. Who you got? What do you got? All right. Five. Number five has to be Madden 2004. Wrong. That game, Mike Vick. Dude, will you let me get through? <laughs> Jeez, this is my political agenda. Shit. God. We should be kicked out of the damn press conference. Anyway, number five has to be Madden 2004. Mike Vick. Absolutely insane in that game, but like I was kind of like uh, like just getting into video games, so it could be a little biased. Number four, NFL Street. If you don't have this on your top five, Austin, I know you don't. Idiot. Wrong. No, dude, you could literally pin someone up against the wall, and like he would fumble the ball fifty-five yards, and then you would just run and pick it up for a touchdown. The final scores would be like sixty-five to seventy. It was awesome. Number three. Uh, NCAA basketball 2010. That was an incredible video game. It was the last college basketball game that they made. And I just, I remember, uh, doing like the, uh, NCAA tournament mode and like actually putting the right teams, like that would happen in real life and then try to play, um, and then predict my bracket that way. That was so awesome. Number two has to be MVP 06 NCAA ba- baseball. Uh, this game, uh, I'm pr- probably pretty biased because I'm a huge baseball fan and, you know, obviously big college baseball guy. Um, but 
the NCAA baseball game was awesome. There was like a they actually used metal bats and you could hear the ping. I used to play it on on the original Xbox, um, and I don't know that game was so much fun to me. And then number one, Austin, I don't know how you don't have this one on your list, but number one has to be backyard baseball. Though, like you you played it on either Game Boy or GameCube or wrong, you know, any kind of dude that you have to what. <laughs> Dude, playing with you know like the the really old school um, Pablo uh, Sanchez. Yes, him. He's obviously the 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 best character and best video game athlete ever. But like, you even had like Albert Pujols, um, you know the original Albert Pujols. You had the little watermelon guy. Um, Wrong, dude. What? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. I just don't agree with you. Have that on your top five. What? How can you not have that on your top five? Because it's not one of the top five games ever made. Let me hear yours, idiot. All right, number five: Little League Baseball Championship Series on the Wii. Go ahead, tell me that's wrong. Because no, you put it, you put you, it in your, you put it the, in your honorable mentions. Dude, you can't even you can't even read what I'm saying on my honorable mentions unless I read my honorable mentions. You can't read what I'm about to say. You let me have my time, so I'm letting you have your time. Go ahead, talk. I'll talk after. All right. Idiot. So for those of you who never play- <laughs> for those of you who never played Little League baseball, it was literally the Little League World Series in a video game. Best, best, one of the best games ever. I can't say the best because it's not the best. Number four, just like my co-partner here. Uh, Jordan said Madden 2004. Okay, here's how I would play. Mike Vick on my team every single time, and I would scramble out of the pocket and run 100 yards. That's all I had to do. Number three, NCAA Basketball 2010. Like he was saying, like that was just one of the best games ever, being able to play a college basketball season with your favorite team, and they had every single team in there. And then playing in the postseason um, in the bracket, that was so much fun. Number two, NCAA football, 14. I cannot believe that was not in your thing. We used to yeah, grind, we that, used to grind on that in yeah. freshman year, dude. That's true. I forgot about that game. That Little should be road, in the top five. What was it, Road to Glory? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn it. You're, All right, you got me. That should have been in my top five. You're done. That's a good one. Okay, so NCAA football 14, it was amazing. And then that was the number, last football, college football game. Yeah, it was, and they better change that shit or I'm going to be pissed. Uh, number one MVP. Austin, Austin, they can never, they can never come out with a college football or college basketball game because we would have no life. You think we don't do work and in, in podcasts anyway? Now? So it doesn't matter. That's true, but still, we would, we would be nobodies. I'd probably get fired <laughs> from the job I don't have. Whatever. MVP six NCAA baseball number one best college baseball game ever made. Probably the best baseball game ever made. Um, like he was saying, the little ting on the bat, the, uh, what was it, B, what, no, it wasn't BSR, it was, uh, aluminum yeah, bats, aluminum yeah, bats, and, uh, I think the coolest part of this game that's never been established in any other video game after, the ability to create your own field. You remember that? Oh, dang, I know, I never did that. Yeah, you could create your own field, set the, the field dimensions, the height of the fence, like, 
everything. It was sick. Dude, why hasn't the show adopted that? You know how many cool stadiums there would be and stuff like that? I have no idea. People have been asking for that for so long from the show, and I don't know if it has anything to do with, like, the storage space on the video game itself or what, but I don't Dude, know. I should, can't believe it's can not make, like, uniforms. If you can make uniforms and logos and stuff, you should be able to make your stadium. Dude, I never thought about that. My stadium would look so sweet. I'd make it like a 50,000-foot wall in center field. Well, I remember making, like, ones where it was, like, the field, the outfield fence was just absurd. Like, it was, like, deep, shallow, deep, shallow. I mean, it looked like a like a zigzag. It was crazy. And then the wall would be, like, 50 feet high. Yeah, the show should definitely adopt that. Oh, yeah, that'd be sick. But those are my but top yes. five, so care to comment? Some, uh, no, I, I am okay with your top five, except for, I forgot about NCAA football. Um, but I mean, yeah, my honorable mentions, uh, Need for Speed. I feel like that game was awesome. You know, you just tricked out your car and raced people for like three hours straight. Did you ever play that? Never. Well, you're an idiot. Uh, MLB The Show, you know, as a video game, you know, as a, as a whole, MLB The Show is awesome. Um, definitely the baseball game we need. I don't know what I would do without the show, but um, specifically MLB The Show 09. I think Joe Maurer was on the cover, and we used to play it on PSP. Oh, my um, God, PlayStation yes. Portable. Yes, that game was awesome. But a PSP in general was probably – I thought that was going to be, like, the next biggest thing, and it kind of was for a few years and then just fell off. Like, being able to play a video game while you're on the road. The problem with the PSP is that it was so ahead of its time. Like, yeah. Like, we didn't we didn't appreciate the PSP enough. Hell no. Like, can you imagine we just, like, you know, sitting waiting for a job interview and you're just playing on your PSP? I mean, exactly. That Dude, that would be sick. You're just grinding, on the, grinding the show a little bit before you go in there. Uh, I also had Little League World Series Baseball. That was really fun on the Wii. You could kind of, like, swing the controller like a bat. That was really fun. Yeah, broke a um, couple windows. Yeah. Uh, Wii Tennis. You can never go wrong with Wii Tennis. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I had NFL Blitz. That game was, like, kind of fun just because you could, like, fight people. Uh, and then I had the Bigs MLB. I don't know if you ever played that, but you could, like, that was the only baseball game where you could legit get in fights and brawls with people. Uh, yeah. So I would just, like, trick a double or hit a double and then just completely lay the dude out in second base and then score. <laughs> I don't know. The Bigs just wasn't – I don't know. I'm all about realistic kind of things and that was not realistic at all and i hated it well yeah that's why i put it in my honorable mentions okay good but anyway that's it for our, our video game countdown that was a pretty good countdown that was a very good countdown i should get a raise for that yeah uh guys if you want to uh suggest a countdown for us to do uh just add us on twitter um my Twitter handle is at iJordanMore, and Austin's Twitter is at AustinSlough10. Uh, add us, and we'll count down whatever you guys think that we should um, rank for that week. Austin, let's move on to some NFL talk. Um, oh, did yeah. You, did you see – well, actually, you wrote this down, so, so tell us what happened in Pittsburgh. Oh man. Okay, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting around yesterday, scrolling through Twitter because I have nothing else better to do with my life, and I see Juju Smith-Schuster quoted this guy's tweet. And so I go back through the whole thing. 
Come to find out, this Pittsburgh fan shaved his head, got the Steelers tattoo on the side of his head. I think it was on the right side of his head. Went to training camp. Juju signed where, not right, like right over the logo. And Juju told him if he got it tatted onto his head next to the Steelers logo, he would give him season tickets. The guy went to the tattoo parlor, got it tatted on his head, took a picture, and sent it to Juju. And Juju said, you have season tickets for this season. What, like, fans are, NFL fans are another breed. Like, I don't know. I, I That blew my mind. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> the NFL is so weird. Like, I love the NFL, but they're, dude, fans are so weird. Like, you'd never see fans like that at, like, an NBA or MLB game, I don't think. I don't and, like, think so. props to them because it's, like, it's, like, extreme fandom. But, like, for you to, like, dye your hair or, like, paint your entire body. Like, I get, like, if you're going to the game with some boys and you paint, like, your chest or something like that. P- fans, like, paint their entire body, their face, their legs, and, like, dye their hair with, like huge helmets on their head and stuff like that like the nfl's crazy nfl and their fans are crazy like what happens when juju leaves pittsburgh like you're gonna have his autograph tatted on your head for the rest of your life next to the steelers logo you probably this guy if he got it tatted he doesn't even care i mean i wouldn't even do that hammered i wouldn't even do that if i was had a gun point to my head and someone said that I'd probably just die. Okay. I don't know about that. Mm. You gotta have some balls. I'm being dramatic. It's obviously not. God, you're such an idiot. Okay. All right. Why? Whatever. Okay. Continue. Okay. (laughs) I hate you. All right. So moving on to some more NFL news, training camp just started this week, this past week and not this past week, last week. Um, and we already have a big-named player that's out. A.J. Green is out. will be out for six to eight weeks. He tore some ligaments in his left ankle. A um, little, little surprising, probably a big downfall for the Bengals because they already have no receivers, um, and they don't really have a good quarterback, so that's kind of put them in a little bit of a pit, but I don't know, man. That's going to be interesting to see how – uh, the Bengals overcome that, how they scheme up some plays. But, um, yeah, that's going to be a big downfall for the Bengals. Yeah, um, I talk a little bit about this when we get to our crystal ball segment. But Me um, too. I wonder why. It kind of – if you don't stop and let me talk, <laughs> dude. I, anyway, uh yeah, AJ Green being out is definitely a big blow for the Bengals. I don't really know if it changes like their whole outlook on the season because uh, they're not going to be good anyway. Um, True, but he's you know he's he AJ Green is the kind of player that needs to go to a winning team. There's a lot of players out there, but he's such a good receiver that he just needs to go to a winning team because I feel like he gets overlooked a lot. I mean, he doesn't get overlooked in fantasy because um, actually this is probably a big hit to fantasy people. So he's probably not going to go as high as he usually has. Um, but yeah, I mean, six to eight weeks. So he's probably missing what the first two weeks of the season. They said I was watching NFL Network this morning, and they said that he was probably going to miss definitely the first week. They hope to have him back by the second week, but still, that's 
that's, I don't know, in my opinion, that's kind of pushing it. I wouldn't try to rush him back, even if, like just to just to make the second week. You've still got mm-hmm. a bunch of weeks after that that you got to think about. So I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the first two games, um, at least. But another another thing that I saw this afternoon, I was watching NFL Network, and they were live from the Chiefs training camp, and Tyreek Hill was going out for a pass, um, and he kind of came up limping a little bit. They, I haven't heard anything further on it. I don't think it was anything serious, but I'm not sure if it was a hamstring, ankle, whatnot. But you, I, I saw it, and I was just like, oh, God, there's another one. And it's going to be interesting to hear and see if there was anything that came of that, if he pulled a hamstring or, or whatnot. But like you said, we'll talk a little bit about some of this stuff in our crystal ball segment. Uh, so you're saying that Tyreek Hill got injured? Possibly. So, um, I would just like to say that my sources say that uh, Tyreek Hill may have been injured. Where, um, who's your source? You got to cite your source. Do not. I just just know that they're sources. Anyway, uh, that really sucks that Tyreek Hill got injured. I mean, like, who would have ever wanted that to happen? Dude, Certainly not. Nobody. Me. Nobody said that Tyreek Hill was injured. All I simply said was he went out for a pass and came up limping. I know. I'm just saying that my sources are saying that he may be injured. But also, if he is injured, that's definitely not bad news because a lot of the people don't like Shire Kill. And I'm not saying that it's a good thing that he got injured, but it may be a good thing that he got injured, if you know what I'm saying. Just okay, because, well, you know, you know, he likes to hit little kids and disrespect women. So, I don't know. Maybe karma, you know. You're bad, karma. Dude. You're bad. I just looked karma. on Twitter and checked some stuff out, and it doesn't, there's nothing showing up. So, it was probably just something that happened on the play, just a little discomfort, but it doesn't appear to be anything serious. Shit. So. Yeah, so everything you just said can go out the window. Shit. So, hard knocks. Source is wrong. Get out of here. Hard knocks. Nep. Was it? Is that a Netflix show? I know it's on. It's on HBO. So a lot of people don't have HBO. But uh, quick tip: if you just call your uh, cable provider and tell them you want a free trial of HBO, you get. Uh, like I think it's either two or three months free, so you can watch Hard Knocks every single year for free. Two or three months for a free trial—that's kind of crazy. Y'all got to do that. Um, so moving with the NFL, Hard Knocks. It, well, I'll let you explain it. You probably know Hard Knocks better than I do. Explain that for some of our listeners that might not know what Hard Knocks is. Yeah. So every year the NFL um, and HBO partner up and. Uh, kind of had, if you know what Last Chance You is, it's a, it's a show on Netflix. It's kind of just like a documentary about, um, you know, what goes on in training camp, follows a lot of guys around, um, and, you know, goes through their life, goes through everybody's, you know, this year it's focused on the Oakland Raiders. So it'll go through the Raiders, you know, whole preseason, whole training camp schedule, whole, um, you know, focusing on a lot of their players and stuff like that. Um, it'll, John Gruden will definitely be a big part of the show. Um, 
But yeah, last year it was with the Browns, um, and obviously Baker Mayfield's first year and stuff like that. Um, I think it's been around since like 2001. So um, another thing with it though, isn't it? Don't they choose the team based off of like pretty much a a team that's that sucks, that's had a losing record and stuff? Um, I don't know. I I don't know how they choose the team. I just know that when the NFL picks you, you have to do it. Or, um, like, there can't be another team to do it. So, like, so the Raiders are doing it this year. All 32 teams have to do it before the Raiders do it again. So Uh, I think the only team that has been uh, on there twice is the Cowboys. And uh, after the Cowboys were on it twice, they were – I think they made that rule. So, um, yeah, so I think it was between, like, the Lions or the Raiders. uh, The Redskins were were another one. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it was three of them. So it was probably the Redskins. But, um, yeah, so next year it will probably either be the Lions or the Redskins. So, but, yeah, I mean, it's a really cool show. You guys should watch it. Um, It airs Tuesday, August 6th. So, um, I know if you like, I, I really like, you know, seeing the whole inside scoop of players and coaches and how that kind of stuff works. So it's really cool. Check it out. Definitely. I think it's going to be interesting. I've only seen, I saw the hard knocks when they were with the Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a, that was the first one I ever watched and that was super cool. Just being able to, like you said, get that inside scoop. If you like last chance you, you'll love or last chance you'll love hard knocks it's literally the same thing um yeah so like, last chance you is is golden i love that show i love that show too um so like i don't know like what to expect from the raiders on hard knocks it's hard to say like i think you're gonna see a lot of gruden antonio brown i don't know they made so many moves who else would you expect to see on there um did you uh obviously Antonio Brown. John Gruden is gonna be the biggest star of that show. Um you know, Derek Carr is probably gonna be on there a lot. I don't really know who else is on the Raiders. I don't really follow the Raiders a lot. But it'll be interesting because you know, the Raiders are expecting to move, so um I don't know if they'll touch on that at all, but Yeah, we'll it'll see. be weird. But aside from hard knocks, uh the NFL draft is over. We've got a lot of rookies participating in their first training camp. Who are some rookies that you think are going to produce immediately or could potentially produce immediately? Uh, so from uh, from a Patriot standpoint, because obviously I'm a big Boston guy, but I think Nikhil Harry from Arizona State will have a breakout year for the Pats. Um, just because, you know, the the, the Patriots are, are lacking in – wide receiver depth and you know obviously they have the Edelmans and stuff like that but with Gronk on there's gonna have there's gonna open up the field for a lot more um guys that we don't really expect from the Patriots to break out I think Nikhil Harry is gonna get a lot of touches a lot of receptions a lot of targets this year so um I think he's a guy staying with the patch Chase Winovich defensive end for them uh I don't know if he'll start I don't think he'll play a lot at first but I think he'll eventually work his way in and um, he's the kind of guy, hard-nosed guy. He's from Michigan. Uh, definitely isn't afraid to get his nose dirty and stuff. Kind of a Patriots guy. Bill Belichick will definitely love him. So, um, And then, you know, staying from a non-biased standpoint, I think Quinnen Williams from Alabama, the defensive tackle from the Jets, will definitely 
have a huge year. I don't think that he has signed a contract yet, though, so we'll definitely have to keep a watch on that. I think there's some kind of thing. What, was it recent? Yeah, I thought he did a couple weeks ago. No, it definitely wasn't a couple weeks ago. It would have to be like in the next, in the last few days, because I know there's a big thing on him. He he wants a bigger signing bonus than the Jets will give him, so he's like holding out until he gets the contract. So I uh, think he's the only first round pick that doesn't have a signed contract yet. So, oh shit! But I'm he's he's definitely gonna be guy. a beast. Oh yeah, he he's is. gonna be a beast. He's um, a good. He's a likable guy too. Yeah. So I think. Three guys that I think are going to kind of stand out and produce immediately uh, will be Devin White, an inside linebacker for the Buccaneers. He's from LSU. He's a he's a big dude, and the Bucks just defense has not been anything near what they are expecting it to be. So I think he's going to be a rookie that's going to be able to come in and produce in a pretty big role. I mean. Being a being a rookie linebacker is no easy task. So I think he's going to have his hands full, but I think he's going to be able to do a, a great job. Another one, Chris Lindstrom at a Boston College. He is a offensive guard uh, with the Falcons now. I mean, Matt Ryan got sacked easily. He was their their sack rates were probably top three, if not top two, in the league last year. So they went out and. Got another lineman, which I think is going to really help, and I think he's going to get his share of opportunities. He's a really, really good offensive guard who the Falcons stole. And then lastly, being a Redskins fan, I think Montez Sweat, a defensive end out of Mississippi State, I think he's going to be able to come in, produce. A lot of people have compared him to – whoops. Nice, Austin. Way to ruin the podcast. I got some people calling me, dude. I don't know, man. I got uh, Montez. Oh, are they your sources? No, they're not my sources. Don't worry about it, though. Um, Montez Sweat, he is a defensive end. A lot of people have compared him to Julius Peppers, so I think that's a pretty big comparison for such a young guy. He's very quick. He can can rush the edge really nicely. So I think for the Redskins to get him, they stole him, too. They got a second first-round draft pick and got him, which which was – a pretty big steal. So I think those are some guys that fa- uh, football fans could be looking out for here in the in the coming weeks as the season gets ready to start. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. We're finally starting talking. Uh, we're starting to talk about uh, football. So definitely really interesting. Um, <laughs> dude, I wish every I wish we could release this whole. Uh, we make like a rundown every day. <laughs> Or every time we do a podcast, and uh, we just write messed up shit to each other on this on this uh, rundown. It's like a Google Doc kind of thing, and the I wish we could release it for everyone to see, but it's hilarious. It probably should stay confidential. Yeah, it probably should, but <laughs> we would have anyway. some people gunning for us. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a job anyway, so what are they gonna do? Fire us? True. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to our last segment, and then we'll wrap things up. The crystal ball segment, obviously, uh, we're going to predict what we believe will happen over the next week in sports. Um, so, Austin, give me your, your crystal ball for the week. All right, so I wouldn't say for the week. I'm going to say for the next two weeks because who 
knows when we're going to record our next podcast. Um, so I, I, my crystal ball prediction is that is within the next week or two, I think, we're, well, not even a week or two, within the next couple of days, we're going to see some big-time MLB players on the move. Um, I predict that Ken Giles, a closer for the Blue Jays, I think he's going to be dealt to the Braves. Um, like we were talking about earlier, the Braves need some bullpen help. Giles is a perfect fit for them. Won't have to give up too much to get him to. Um, and then I also think Noah Syndergaard will be going to San Diego uh, Padres. I think that there's been a lot of talk with bet- between those two teams about making a potential deal happen, and I foresee that happening. And then on to football, I think one big-time player and one rookie, is it's going to happen. They're going to tear their, tear their ACL, and Redskins fans – we all like any fan. We're gonna think our season's over. Um, <laughs> and for for a second there, when Tyreek Hill got hurt, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I don't even have to make a crystal ball prediction because it just happened. But um, no, I think within the next week or two, uh, some some big time player and some rookie, they're gonna end up tearing their ACL. It's bound to happen. It happens every year. And then then the best of it all. The Saints and the Chargers have a joint practice on August 15th. There's going to be a big fight. It's going to happen. It happens uh, every single you. year. Thank you for stealing what I was going to say. I appreciate that. No, 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 no. For those of you who don't know, I filled this shit out first, and I put all that down, and then he took it all. So whatever he's about well, to say was both figures, so maybe we just think alike. Shit. Okay. So I, thank you for confirming I what I just said. Yeah, that's right. I said it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so my crystal ball, I think there's going to be a massive trade involving a well-known or a beloved fan, fan beloved player to a to an MLB team that makes absolutely no sense. We've kind of saw that. We kind of saw that a little bit with Marcus Stroman, but I think it's going to be like an older veteran player that's going to make like absolutely no sense to go to the team that he's going, and we're never going to hear about him. Uh, for the rest of his career, that's what like kind of happens. I feel like so. So like CC CC Sabathia to the Red Sox? No, I would kill myself. <laughs> Dude, he's so fat. How does he get over his front side? Like seriously, from a pitcher, you have to get over your front side. His gut is so big that he do- He literally cannot get over his front side. It's he's actually an, he's insane. an athlete, man. He's an how does, athlete. Dude, how does he not have Tommy John? He's done with all arm because he can't. Use his core. He doesn't I mean, use his core. Quite frankly, I don't think he cares anymore. He's probably got a a year left, if not this being his last year. I mean, I guess. So. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think I think that's gonna happen. A guy that comes to my mind all the time is like Chase Utley. Like Chase Utley left the Phillies, went to what? I think did he go somewhere before the Dodgers, or he just went to the Dodgers? I feel like we never ever heard of Chase Utley again. Um, I don't know, something like that. Uh, I think it's going to make absolutely no sense, though. And then also within the next week, uh, I think we'll see at least uh, two major players in the NFL uh, and at their training camps get really hurt. I think that this happens every single year, and it's like you kind of go on like a like a injury watch for training camps, and there'll be like a major player that screws everyone's fantasy team, and um, yeah, he'll get hurt and. Everybody will drop that team from contenders to well, you know, losers. 
Well, can I say something? Who in their outright mind would be playing fantasy football and have their draft before the Okay, over? this is what I'm saying. You have it in your mind that you would uh like you would draft this player, but then you're like, shit, he just got hurt. I can't draft them. That was going to be my dark horse. All right, thank you for clarifying that. Dude, I God. If anyone would like to be my co-host on this new podcast that I have, let me know. Uh, but yeah, you can and be then the secretary. When, I'm the fucking president. <laughs> anyway, when it and then like Austin said, of course, stealing my thunder. When teams do practices with other teams, there's going to be a major brawl. There's like at least two every year, and I'm so there for it. Can't wait for the videos to come out. Me and Austin are going to the Redskins training camp tomorrow, so maybe it'll be like a an early fight. And between the team. I mean, yeah, like that happens sometimes. I was at Redskins training camp a few years ago when Hard Knocks was covering the Texans and they had their fight there. It was pretty sick. Uh, yeah, when DeAndre Hopkins like bodied D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, I was standing next to the field. It was nuts. Those guys are huge. Yeah, I think the uh, didn't the Redskins get in a fight with the Jets last year too? Yeah, Terrell yeah. Pryor because he used to play with the Redskins. It ha- it happens every year. It's just a matter of who, and that's why I said the Saints and the Chargers because both of those teams are playoff caliber teams. If I remember correctly, did they play last year? Um, I don't know. I can't remember if they played last year or not. But, but regardless, it's big, sweaty men in in football helmets, and, and it's, it's really really hot. Time. It's their first time being yeah. able to see each other again, so yeah. and they're pissed as shit at each other, so they're just gonna fight. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna post the videos, so it'll be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Uh Austin, did you you know, since we're going to the training camp tomorrow, did you wanna get in a fight and then we could we could maybe like post it? Get in a we could, we fight just, with two. Like each other. We could just yeah, have our own brawl. I think people would like to see that. Who would wanna see two ugly dudes fighting? Um, people that like ugly dudes fighting, maybe. All right. If that's what if that's what the people want, then I guess we'll go. We'll make it. All right. So stay tuned for our our fighting video. I think we should maybe streak on the field. Not streak on the field. We need to keep our clothes on. But maybe like go run out onto the middle of the field and then start fighting, so that we could say that we were a part of a training camp brawl. Or I can just like go up to Morgan Moses, who's six foot eight, and start fighting him. Uh, Yeah, and then you'll be knocked out, and like you'd probably die. Knocked out. He'll kill me right there. I would like to see that. Okay. All right. You know what? With that, we're gonna have to address. We're gonna have to uh, end this thing. This is getting out of hand. Okay. So uh, that will just about wrap it up for this episode. Thank you all for listening to the State of the Union, featuring the best vice president in the world, better than anything in in the world. Whatever. Um. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you like the show, and I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, I have a really dumb co-host, but you know, I don't know why you wouldn't love it. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at WTP Sports. Follow us um, on our personal accounts. Just search Jordan Moore, Austin Slough. You can't miss us. We're really ugly. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to us. Please leave us a review and listen weekly on iTunes. It does a lot for us. Um, please. Uh, you know, rate our podcast and then subscribe. We, we're getting up there in uh, 
subscribers. I think we have maybe over 10 now, so that's huge for us. We really want more people to listen to us. Nice. Share the podcast with your friends and everything. So we're getting pretty big in, in this area. We're getting really big. Absolutely. Um, but just remember, yeah. y'all, are the, y'all are the OG followers. So just Dude. remember that. Like, when we get super, super big, like, you were the guys that listen to us first. So just remember that. Um, but yeah, simply search, uh, State of the Union. Uh, on anywhere podcasts are found. A lot of people listen on iTunes, so you can't miss us. We have a, a, a big American color scheme. Uh, but yeah, join us next time. Follow our personal accounts and WTP Sports for updates on all things seasonal sports. And we'll see you next time. Austin, you're an idiot.